Yeah. Uh, I tell them, welcome to the gray area. And stay away just in case you ain't real enough to relate. Every other Thursday, politics to the chips. Get up on this wave. <laughs> now tell me what's to talk about. Cause we the only thing to talk about. How you keep reality in check? Just keep it real rapping. Don't gossip with the facts. Yeah. The NFL and NBA season are intertwining. The news cycle has narratives that they are pushing in my face, and I'm honestly unsure if I should accept or reject these stories. This is Chapter 57 of the Gray Area, and I am your host, Ray Jarvis. For Chapter 57 of the Gray Area, I have my brother, my roundtable brethren in here to talk sports, bring some nuance to the situation, and probably calm me down if I, you know, end up going off the rails. Without further ado, the homie, the host of the Thirsty Degenerate podcast himself, Langston Legazamo. Welcome back to the gray area, my brother. Yo, what's good, man? Thanks so much. Hey, man, it's, it's, it's always a pleasure when we do this thing. No doubt, no doubt, man. What it is, though? How you feeling, man? Football weekend, you know? I, I know I, I know you're in your glee. The NBA, LeBron is winning. You know, Lamar Jackson looks great. Everything is great. Yeah, John, you know me, man. This is, I, you know how much I love the NFL. So seeing what Lamar Jackson is doing is, I mean, is he, would you say that he's the most spectacular player, the most spectacular athlete in professional sports right now? He might be. You know what I mean? All, all things considered, you know, yeah, I, I don't think it's a reach to say that right now. You're gonna be there's gonna be some people who you know they're gonna have some pushback about that. But when all the cards are on the table, the, the highlight moves, the, the, the hard jukes, literally leaving guys on their seat on the seat of their pants, yeah, most spectacular has to be Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I agree. I you you talk me into it. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, before Yo, we get to yeah, Lamar yeah, Jackson, right. we're going to get there. We, I like that tease. We're going to get there. Stick around, people. Luka Doncic. Right now, the powers that be are activating intensive, intensively, right? Luka for mm-hmm. MVP. Luka for MVP. Luka triple-double. Luka for MVP. Uh, is he really an MVP candidate or is he a cool story, Langston? Let me know. So, I don't know, man. Like, it's it's really early in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I I mean, I do think Luka's the real deal. Right. I mean, is he an, an MVP candidate? Like, let's see how the season plays out. But watching him play, I mean, I think that he's terrific. I really like his game. Um, but, you know, it's, there is this racial component whenever there's, a, a white player like yeah. Luca, who's got some shake in his game. Facts. There is a there is a novelty aspect to it, um, but to me, that doesn't mean that he's not the real deal. I think I think he's nasty. Man. Right. Agree. 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 I just feel like we're about you know a qu- close to a quarter of the way through the NBA season, or about a quarter Are of the way. Are we really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Season's man, moving. That's, like, he just dropped a bomb on me. Yeah. Man. Season's moving, brother. And yeah, and it just seems like from around the tenth game, the the narrative pushers looked at what he was doing in Dallas and said, "This guy's our MVP." You know how it goes. A lot of times, the MVP of the NBA is decided well before a game is even played. And, and, and this year, because everything was so wide open, 
you know, it was Giannis by default until we see who does what. You could argue that James Harden's MVP right now. Why Why isn't he getting the same adulation of a Luka Doncic? Is it because Luka's in his second year? Or is it because this white dude in Dallas is, is, is putting up some pretty decent numbers? His record isn't better than the Rockets' record. So so why, why should I believe that Luka's MVP is, is the skeptic in me is screaming right now? Why can't we just let... Can we get to Christmas first before we start talking about MVPs? No? Facts. Uh, I mean, there's... You mentioned Harden. Yeah. He's, he's gonna average. Well, he's averaging like 40 points a game right now. Isn't he? Like some like 38, 39 points. Yeah. It's insane. Uh, Giannis. I mean, Giannis, who last year had a, an, an amazing season, he's played better this year. So I mean, there's you know there's a short list. Uh, you know, LeBron has played great, leading the league in assists. Agreed. But um, you know, I think I think Doncic deserves to be in the discussion. But again, you know, there's still plenty of basketball to go. Let's see how the uh, let's see how the Mavericks do as a team, right? You know, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, early in the season, he's he's been on he's been on the short list of candidates, I think. All right, so you know what? You're right, Langston. He deserves to be in the discussion. He's killing. He's the star of his team. He's been doing so well that you kind of forget that Porzingis is there, and they made a humongous trade to acquire the man. And I think he signed an extension. I might be wrong on that. Don't quote me, but I feel like he, he's there for the long haul. So, Kristaps is looking like a, a, a full-on role player. It's like it's like Luca. It's like Luca in them right now. That's that's what it's looking like in Dallas. So he deserves the fame and adulation he's getting. I just want us to pump the brakes or them I should say to pump the brakes because it's going to be a low or maybe they won't be but let's say let's say realistically speaking when you look at that Dallas roster at some point it's going to be a low mid-season that's just the ebbs and the flows the natural ebbs and flows of the, of, of the regular season in the NBA they are in the Western Conference we don't I have to go look and check what their schedule looks like to see have they have they played have they run the gamut of heavyweights in the West if Luka does, if he keeps us up around January, February, I'll easily say, hell yeah, MVP candidate. But I feel like they, it's like almost like they're, they're pushing this narrative to, to implant, incept, like Inception, incept the idea into NBA fans' heads that this guy's an MVP candidate and we should buy everything that's being sold, buy all the stock on Luka right now. He's the MVP. He's next up. Shout out to, to, to Cuban in Dallas. He found his Dirk replacement. I'm just like, <laughs> just, just give me a break. Slow down. You know, can I take one bite of the burger? Before you ask me to eat the whole burger, can I? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I mean, sorry, yeah, Langston. That's, no, but but you're right, though. I mean, and we see this in the NBA. Like, you know, it, it's so much of the traffic that we see on social media and even on television. It has to do with these narratives, yeah. and it's almost like these last couple years in the league that the narratives are more of a driver than what actually occurs on the court, and it can be frustrating, you know. So I, I get where you're coming from. Um, and I, you know, to that I say, you know, let's see how the season plays out. Agreed. So you made a you made a cool point earlier about the race aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the league right now needs that next great white hope? Do we really need it? I feel like the league is, is fluid right now. Or do they need that white face for their white fans? Uh, no. I mean, the league is doing incredible numbers right now like the popularity is at an all-time high it seems to me i mean i don't have any of the metrics in front of me but i don't think that the nba is in need of any kind of boost in terms of popularity and and, you know we're talking about luca when you when you talk about a great white hope to me that's 
something a little different. I think that that's supposed, or I don't know, but I, I think it's supposed to refer to like an American-born white person. Uh, whereas Luca is a, you know, he's a European. So you know, if we if we were to watch, like when we watch him on a basketball court, there is some novelty to what he does because of his race. Right. But he's not, you know, he he, he doesn't quite fit the description of a, a great white hope for me. And you know, like I said. Like, why would the NBA need that? The NBA doing just fine, so they doesn't need to. Does it? They don't need a you know a white savior to come and save them. They're doing quite well with their. How, what percentage of the NBA is black? Like seventy five, seventy percent of it. They're, I, they're doing fine. I'd say closer to like eighty to eighty five. You know, if we just talking it's players, something, it's something like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, the brothers get down, man. The oh, brothers yeah. are great at basketball. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's 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 our sport. <laughs> It is our well, sport. You, you know, I, so fair enough. I, I won't push the, the race narrative. And, and I'm glad you said that because I kind of want to diffuse that narrative because <laughs> I believe that by pushing this narrative, we, we, we're taking away from his ability to play the game. It's not like he's a crumb or, or, or a regular degular. The, the boy can play. He was a pro in his country. He came to the NBA, hit the ground running, and now he's making that second year leap. So we have right. to be fair here in the gray area. The kid can play. He's really good at basketball. Like he's, you know, he's 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 looking the part of a face of a franchise. You know, I, I want to see him keep it up. I just don't want them to to give him too much too soon. As much as far as accolades go, let him earn it. That's all I'm saying. I, I believe it in in a meritocracy. Let him earn it. I think it's totally fair. Can I, can I ask you one quick question? What's though? up? So the trade that. Dallas made with with uh, the Hawks mm-hmm. uh, in the draft a couple years ago or a year ago, whenever it was. Yep. Who do you think got the better of that trade? Because I still think I still think that Dallas kind of fleeced the Hawks as well as the kid. What's his name? Uh, Trey Young. Trey Young. He's he's been great, but to me, Luca, you know, Luca's a different kind of. He's got know, a he's got a different kind of game. Who do you think got the better of that trade? I mean, it, speaking right now, of course Dallas, but. At the same time, you know, I, I feel like this is a long-term trade. Let's let's we, we got to kind of reassess. We might have to come back in another year or, or, or five-year breaks. Like, how many has has Trey Young t- taken the Hawks to the next level? Has he made a deep playoff run? Has he had a final appearance? The same for, for Luka Doncic. If these guys are both second-round purgatory, then the trade is meaningless, right? But right. If, if both teams become elite-level teams with those two draft picks as the face of each franchises will have to count rings to decide who got the better end of the stick but as of right now of course Dallas got that because as of today it looks like Luka is a little bit more transcendent than Trey Young even though Trey Young is an expert shooter the handlers did he's like a Steph Curry light right now and and, and where the league is going it might it might benefit to have his skill set more than the Luka his I feel like Trey Young might be able to play a little bit longer in the league because he's lighter. I look at Luca's body and I, his game is always concerning to me because it's like you're carrying a decent amount of weight in the in the league. The, the wear and tear, the running, the mileage, the literal mileage that you put on your knees is a concern. I'm not calling a knee injury on Luka Doncic, people. I'm not. It's just simple science. <laughs> he carries a decent amount of weight. He plays an up and down style game. He's gonna have to add certain elements to take that that pressure off his body as the years go along. And if he is able to do that, then the sky is literally the limit for him like the LeBron comparisons right now needs to stop but if he adds those elements to his game you never know that's a that's a really good point about 
Luca for a guy that's always pushing the ball, mm-hmm. doesn't look like he's in great shape. Right. And that is a question that I have about him. Facts. He kind of he kind of looks like a guy that I'd be hanging out at the bar with, throwing back a bunch yeah. of beers. You know, not sure he looks just physically in terms of the way that he's built. If he looks yet like he's in NBA shape, and I mean, who am I to? Critique this professional I mean, because you watch the game, Wang. You you know what a hooper looks like. Ain't none, no no fault in yours in saying what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but you know, then again, you know, Larry Bird wasn't in top shape. True. Larry Bird was smoking True. cigarettes at halftime. Facts. Different different game. Different game. I just think the pace of the NBA's game right now. I, I have concerns about a lot of players. I feel like like I'm not saying they have to be soccer fit, but you need to be really fit in this league right now to survive. You know, and then you factor in the fact that he was already playing pro ball, and then for the other kids who play AAU, and they saying that the, the typical body of an NBA player is that of like a like a five six year vet coming in as a rookie because of the amount of ball that they're playing on the AAU circuit through high school ball, through college ball, etc. You, you got to be fit. So I'm looking at Luca, and I'm like, brother, get in that gym, tighten up, drop about twenty pounds. Look at Zion. Zion already Zion already messed his knee up in yeah. Duke. You know, and then he had to come into the league and get his knee cleaned out. I, I told people this, like, I'm concerned about Zion because of that weight, because of that size, and the fact that he's predisposed to being a larger person. He It's going to be hard for him to keep the weight down. And his game, his vertical his vertical game, it's not, it's not conducive to healthy knees down the road. So we we're going to see. I like the question that you asked because it's, it's def- I don't feel like he's getting enough shine right now because the Hawks are not doing what they need to be doing as far as winning games. But if the Hawks get good... Mm-hmm. That's going to be something we look at as NBA fans in the future. Like, who, who, who won that? We, can we at least say that it's not a Sam Bowie trade? Like, this is not a Sam Bowie trade at all. Like, it, it's a good trade for both sides, yeah? Well, I mean, the Hawks got Trey Young, and they got an extra draft pick out of it. So, you know, there's that. There's- I mean, it just depends. I mean, like you said, the, the jury's still out. It depends on how their careers go. Uh, I, tried but, to- uh, I mean, it's not... It's not a fleece job. I tried to sway you. I tried to sway you, but you, you, you sound like you, you, you're leaning heavy Mavs on this trade. I mean, I I just, I love Luka, man. Like, I, <laughs> I, you know I love LeBron, and he's not LeBron, but I love that kind of that kind of game. Like, right. I love point forwards who keep their head up and who, you know, who run the offense, can score. Like, mm-hmm. I, I just, I love that kind of player. And um, you see what he's doing in year two? For the Mavericks and their history with, um, with Dirk and you know him and Porzingis, it's just I think it's really cool. So I'm I'm a fan, but um, I mean you know like you know you and I keep saying it. Let's see how it plays out. There's still plenty of basketball to go. So let's not go crowning them yet. Right. And I, I'll give Mark Cuban this. I like the fact that he's kind of like. Especially if Chris Tapps can reach his potential or, or or whatever his potential is at this point in his career after that injury, that he's recreated in a sense that Nash and, and, and Dirk dynamic. Because as, even as a Laker fan, I fell in love with those two players during their run with Don Nelson. So it's cool to see now that they, they're recreating that. They got the guard. They have the power. They have the stretch four. Dallas has the pillars to be a team in the West for the next few years. And, and I'd like to see it play out. But um, let, let's go over to the NFL. We, we spoke about him early. We teased the fans. Lamar Jackson. The question you asked about him being the most electrifying athlete. Yeah, most spectacular athlete. Yes. Right now, yes. Hands down. But I guess the next question would be, with all his electricity, all the pizzazz, all the gusto, does, is it a flash in the pan? Or does he have 
the necessary staying power to to make a career out of this. I'm I'm concerned because history is not in his favor with his style of game, Langston. Yeah, um, I'm concerned too. Um, you know, we've never—I mean, we've seen guys close to Lamar Jackson. We've never seen them put it together over a long period of time, just because Facts. of the punishment that you take. So I, you know, I am worried. Um, the 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 cautionary tale—he needs to look no further than his own quarterback room to his backup in RG three, and we all remember. Facts. The spectacular rookie season that RG3 had. Right. And uh, he wasn't able to replicate it because he couldn't stay healthy. Now, RG3, his coaching staff kind of let him down. Kind of. Mm. I mean, they ruined his career by allowing him to they play. They kept rolling him out there. Knee injury. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think that, at least from the looks of things, Lamar Jackson has a better support system from the owner to the general manager to the head coach. And they've invested way too much into him to you know allow him to falter in the way that RG3 ultimately did but you know I mean we can we can wonder about the long term viability of this style of play and there are some real questions like I said but man I'm just enjoying the moment like this is so awesome to see yo he had a play in that Niners game that uh from yesterday we were recording this on a Monday where he ran that same read option play that he's run all season where he like fakes it to the running back coming up the middle and then he you know he cuts to the edge and they the, the, the Niners had it like drawn up perfectly like he met a linebacker at the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. so it's like the, you know he, he couldn't do anything and he jukes the guy and he runs for eight yards he's, he's amazing he's so good man I love watching that kid you know uh, I'm, I'm I'm just really concerned because it's like we've seen it before Michael Vick taking unnecessary shots Although, I'm sorry, could I? You brought up Michael Vick. I'm sorry for cutting you off, but okay. Michael Vick was a bit of a different situation. Because if you remember, Michael Vick was drafted by the Falcons, and mm-hmm. he was running like this really weird West Coast system. Yeah. Weird in the sense that it, not it wasn't a nice to look at. Group. Right, and it's all it, like it didn't play into his skill set at all. Like there were no designed runs for Michael Vick. Michael Vick was going one progression. If that guy wasn't open, he was taken off. Right. What we see with Lamar Jackson is they've built their entire team around what he's good at, and they put him in a position to succeed. So I'm, I'm sorry for cutting you off, but I feel like that's a very clear distinction that needs to be made, you know, with the Michael Vick situation. Me, you here. You in a gray area. We, we here to provide the facts, you know? So I appreciate that. But where I was going with, with the Vick situation is, you remember, like, late in his career, right? Taking those hits. He was basically wearing, like, a flak mm-hmm. jacket underneath his uniform. Because of the, the hits he took, he he lasted much longer than RG three ever did. But those hits took a toll mm-hmm. on him o- over the years. You know, I just the way the league is set up, and I and, and I went on this rant when the Giants were BSing about who who their quarterback would be. They still got it wrong. I'm I'm starting to be anti Daniel Jones, not because I don't like. Oh, the kid. are you are you anti Daniel Jones now? Is I, that what's going on? I, I, I well, as you know, I w- I was never sold. I never bought any stock on the kid. You know, not even not even after the Tampa game though. I was hyped that we won, but I but I I kept one foot out the door. So I like what I see, but I need to see more. You know, and granted, NFL rookies they go through this thing, and I, I keep making it clear. I want to be wrong about Danny Dimes, but every piece of me when I look at this kid says career backup. I can't help but feel that way. 
I think for me, it's not about the, the, the arm talent or the ball placement. It's the fact that he cannot feel pressure in the pocket and the ball literally falls out of his hands every time he gets hit substantially. That's, these are backup issues. These are not franchise player issues. Like the, the, the rush comes in his face and he still doesn't feel it. So I'm out on Danny Dimes right now, but I'm willing to be back in on Danny Dimes. Pause if, if things go a certain kind of way next season. But, but I digress. We've gone off the rails. I told you this would happen. But when it, go, when it comes to Lamar Jackson and the, and the way the NFL has designed its league, to be as QB user friendly as possible. Like this is like software that is designed for one person to use. You don't even have to have master typing skills. You can do ABC typing, click clackety clack, and you're gonna be successful. I don't feel like they're utilizing him in the way that the NFL has designed the league for the quarterback to to have long term careers and playing to their forties like a Tom Brady and, and looking at a, a guy like a Philip Rivers because the league has protected these players. You look at these linebackers. You look at the hybrid linebacker safety position that's becoming more prevalent in the league. You don't want this kid taking hits. Granted, he's elusive right now, but it only takes one real hit to change everything. I, I'm not saying that I want the black quarterback to be a pocket passer. That's not realistic. I'm hyped to see our brothers do these things. But I, I just want him to not be in his position as much because I want to see it over a 10 to 12 year. I'd like to, I'd like him to have a little more McNabb in his game than Michael Vick. You know, that I ain't asking for too much, Langston. No, that's a really good point that you bring up because the NFL these last couple years especially has really made a concerted effort to protect quarterbacks, right. but they're doing it almost exclusively for guys that are operating from the pocket. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he doesn't operate from the pocket much. You know, he's is the rules aren't designed really to protect quarterbacks once they take off. Right. For the most part, quarterbacks, you know, with a few exceptions uh, situationally, are treated like running backs once they tuck it and run. Right. So, yeah, we, we, we should be concerned, but, I mean... I, I remember RG3's rookie year, and, and it was spectacular. Spencer. But I remember watching him like, man, I hope that kid, he, he was taking some hits. Like, I hope he's okay. I don't, you know, watching Lamar Jackson, he just seems much better at protecting himself. He and, doesn't take, yeah, he yeah. takes a lot of hits, but he I, doesn't take the He doesn't take the man, big hit. You know what I'm saying? You know what it is? And I'm glad you brought that up, because I want to be fair. He seems like he has all the elusiveness of a running back. He makes the moves. He make he makes the juke, the spin, the acceleration. But he seems like he still gets out of the way like 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 a quarterback is supposed to when necessary. And I, I gotta give him his credit for that. He's not out here like he's not like uh, Peyton Manning a few years ago. But he sure knows when to get the hell out of there and not take the hit like most quarterbacks are trained to do. So I have to give him his credit on that. Yeah, yeah. RG three played with this reckless abandon mm-hmm. that ultimately led to his demise. And, and uh, uh, Lamar Jackson doesn't have that same quality. He's much more under control when he's got the ball. In the and the thing was, RG three threw such a beautiful ball. He had good quarterback mechanics. He did. I don't understand why Shanahan didn't 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 try certain things. I know you can't help but play his instincts, but. He had every he he was the prototype. RG three was truly yep. the prototype. I remember being a Giants fan thinking like, "Good God, we got to deal with this for the next ten to 15. I was terrified because I think McNabb was on his way out or he was already out of there. I don't remember. Don't hold me to any of this. But I know that it was it was less McNabb, 
Tony Romo was starting to slow down, and I'm like, yes, none of these running quarterbacks that piss us off, and then RG3 shows up, and it was like, you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I'm not saying I'm happy he yeah. got hurt, but I just remember what, what he represented in that moment. And it's like, looking at Lamar Jackson, I, I'm not saying he could be RG3. He could be even better. I just want to see it. We see what Mahomes is doing. I'm looking at these, these quarterbacks with, with abilities to run. I want him to be a play extender more than a playmaker. That's what I want because I wanted him to stick around yeah. and, and make things happen for a long. I want the kids with the number eight Lamar Jackson jersey, generationally speaking. That's really interesting uh, that you bring that up. The, you want him to extend play because he, he, for all the running that he does, he doesn't tend to extend plays. Hmm. When he's throwing it, he's throwing it primarily from the pocket. Right. Once he leaves the pocket, he's taking off. Right. You know, he's not like, you know, like uh, uh, Roethlisberger or uh, Sam Darnold or guy that likes to get out and, and throw it. You know, once he leaves the pocket, he's gone. Um. And I, I also love the point that you made about RG3's on talent. Mm-hmm. People forget, man, that kid could spin the football. He really could. It's a shame It's a shame how his career went down. But, but yeah, those are good points by you, buddy. Yeah, I'm trying, man. I'm trying to keep up with you, you know. But um, <laughs> I'm hoping for the best. I, I'll say this. John Harbaugh, super underrated as a head coach, but when, when it's all said and done, He's a head coach that knows what he's doing. I don't. I don't think he's gonna exploit a player. I've never seen him exploit a player. When when, it, when the Ravens are good and when they're clicking on all cylinders, a lot of times it's he's putting his players in the best position to succeed. People who follow Lamar Jackson need to know that he wasn't some kind of like read option quarterback coming out of college. There was some pro style elements at Louisville. I think he played with Bobby Petrino under Bobby Petrino. Excuse me. There was some pro style mm-hmm. elements in that office. I, being a Seminole fan myself, I saw the 60 piece he dropped on us firsthand. The, the boy is not some kind of option quarterback who needs to be taught the position. When all this talk about he he play wide receiver in the NFL, that just shows me that p- people weren't really watching this kid. You know, he's a pro quarterback. Can I? Can I make a confession? What's up? I was one of those people. Oh, I man. thought that he and I and Come if, on, if son. I could, it's, it's, and, and look, I was wrong. But it's not <laughs> that I didn't think he was capable of completing a pass in the NFL. I just looked at his elite ability to mm-hmm. run with the football. And I was like, man, you know, like quarterbacks fail all the time. Picking a quarterback is kind of a coin flip proposition, but I had no doubt in my mind that if he lined up up a wide receiver, he'd be a superstar. Also, I didn't think that a team would draft him and put him in a position to succeed like the Ravens have. I was thinking more of the Michael Vick model where they're going to drop him back you know, 30 times a game and try to change who he is. So so I I need to fess up to that. Well, prove this all wrong, but had that opinion. I'll make a confession since we're confessing things, right? You know, I wanted right. no parts of Danny Dimes. When we made the Odell trade and we got the additional first round pick, I was hoping that we would use that later first round pick to steal Lamar Jackson, let Eli play out his contract, and then unleash Lamar Jackson in the NFC East. But, you know, lo and behold, didn't happen. Um, I will say well, this. I, mean, go ahead. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I will say that. Um, with the NFL embracing more college-style offenses because it just makes the most sense with, with the kind of plays that are being produced at the college level, that this current era of, of football was the best possible time frame for Lamar Jackson to come in and do what he does. Like, if he came in 
let's say seven years ago even there's no way that an entire nfl team would structure their offense around what he does best look at kyler murray the like, like going number one there's no way kyler murray goes number one in, in the draft five six seven years ago because of the fact that you know even starting with a chip kelly and then Be- belichick taking elements of chip kelly's offense when kelly was at oregon teams are now embracing this this read option whatever the hell you want to call it offense and and getting these athletes and applying all kinds of pressure because defenses in the nfl are so complex now that you need to try some other things to score points as opposed to your traditional 11 man setup your your three wide single back formation you need to get sexy even the eagles the eagles won the super bowl with the read option so or the rpos i should say the run pass options so rpos yeah you, you you have to get with the future and that's that's the thing about so i'm saying about harbaugh he looked at this talent and said you know what for him to be successful we need to do what he does best and if it means running a, a an offense a specialty novelty offense to win games that's what we're gonna do and then you went in there you got ingram from the saints a bruising running back to weigh down these d lines these front sevens it's pure genius so i gotta i gotta give it up to him Absolutely. And they're the best offensive football. They're All better right. than the Chiefs. They I mean they're efficient, they're high powered, they they deserve Facts. a lot of credit for for what they've built. Um so what about what about this whole MVP thing? My concern is I said it on a prior episode of the Gray Area that I feel like a lot of the 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 the, 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 the adulation in the media that, that Lamar Jackson is getting is not genuine because I feel like they're setting them up for the fail in the playoffs. I, I, I'm asking. I'm not gonna give that opinion again because I've said it before. So I'm asking you: Are you concerned about that setup to fail situation? Where like, yeah, he wasn't that good. The Patriots got him in the playoffs. Should, uh, am I right to be concerned about that, or do you think that that the media sees something that everyone else sees? Sees, and I need to get on board. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that you know it, he's just so young, mm-hmm. and he's he's played phenomenally since he was named the starter last season for the most part you know you know he didn't play great in the playoff game against uh, the chargers but yeah, ups and downs you know you're just you're waiting for regression to the meet we see it time and time again in football and a quarterback has not yet arrived until he has overcome some kind of adversity so you know quarterback careers they go a myriad of different ways but you know a guy is not yet the guy until he answers the call after facing some adversity and he's going to face some adversity it might be this year might be down the road but at some point he's going to have to overcome doubters and naysayers even after having done that so much already right you know we're, we're going to see how he does in the face of adversity and you know like i said it might be this year might not but you know we're, we're going to see how he does I do think he's the MVP, though. Yeah, you beat he me to the punch. That. I was about to ask you, is he the MVP? Well, there you go, people. Links and things. Now, Lamar Jackson is the MVP, and damn right. it. But listen, there's, there's a lot of football to go. I think it's a two-man race. Nah, We're recording over, this man. on a Monday. Russell, listen, Russell Wilson has a game tonight against the Vikings. We'll see how he does against that Vikings D. I think it's it's close. Um, but I, I got to put Lamar ahead, right? I mean, I think aren't the Ravens... And I know that you're guarding against, you know, give, giving them too much credit, like you said. But, I mean, the Ravens have been the best team in football this year, have they not? Yeah, they, 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 that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm I, at this point in the season, I, I've acquiesced. He's the MVP. I don't even think Russell 
Yeah. Unless but the the only thing stopping the Lamar MVP train at this point is if they they lose like three straight at the end of the season and the, and and the Seahawks close out strong and win the NFC West. That's the only thing changing my stance as of right now. Well, yeah. If, look, if that happens, then Russell Wilson is probably the MVP. But right. as it stands right now, I, I gotta pull Lamar Jackson. They got a big game. Uh, against Buffalo I think it's in Buffalo Buffalo coming off A big win Against the Cowboys So that's You know And also Buffalo by the way Just a game out of The, the AFC So So that's a, a Big game for AFC Playoff season So we'll see how that goes But But yeah right now It's gotta be Lamar Jackson Hey You know And And With the stretch run We'll take it back To the NBA real quick We won't spend too much Time on this um, Throughout the summer we saw all, all the headlines. Anthony Davis going to the Lakers. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George going to the Clippers. And everyone who's anyone who's affiliated with the NBA is saying the Western Conference Finals will be residing completely in Staples Center with the Clippers and the Lakers. Um, I, ha- I had my homeboy Paul Lawson come on. We did the, the League Office episode a couple of episodes back. He spoke on the fact that load management would be an issue with the Clippers' one-loss record in that, you know, it, it could pot- potentially lead to them being a lower seed in the West because of the fact that they don't have all their horses to compile the necessary wins to 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 have that high seed and make a deep run into the playoffs. I, on the other hand, with the Lakers, I've been concerned about... The first thing I got to keep it 100 with, I was concerned about the relationship between the Brow and, and the King. Off the rip, there's nothing to be worried about. LeBron James... And, and, and this guy Anthony Davis, they've they, they have a synergy that I, I haven't seen from any duo LeBron has been with. Even even better than D Wade. Him and D Wade had nice moments, but I'm talking about instant synergy. It's, it happened right away with the Brown and the King. But for the Lakers, I'm looking at the guard play, and I'm like, the perimeter defense is starting to fall off. They're giving up a lot of three point shots. They don't have that third option that who can break down the defense and get to the basket, get his own shot, get his own buck, or at least create his own shot. That's why when when the trade went down for 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 Anthony Davis, I wanted to keep Brandon Ingram because I felt like Bi Bi's overall offensive package with with, with Unibrow and the King made more sense than the Kyle Kuzma. They said Kuzma doesn't need to, the basketball to score, he can catch and shoot. But LeBron can't LeBron all the time for 82 plus, 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 plus. So I'm looking at, and, and, and the fact that Brandon Ingram was a plus defender as well. So my issues with these teams are load management, incomplete rosters. I, 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 don't, I don't have a stamp of approval that the Western Conference Finals is going to reside in the Staples Center. I think both of these teams need to figure some things out. And and what about the chemistry of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard? How does that work? Who who's going to sit in the fourth quarter of crunch time? Is is Pat Beverly going to be okay to sit? Is is Lou Willville going to be okay to sit if the situation arises? These are the questions that I have, Langston. So 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 you're an NBA fan. Mm-hmm. Is the Western Conference Finals truly a done deal? Is it Lakers Clippers that we just need to wait? Uh, done deal? No, but I mean, I do think these are clearly the two best teams in the okay. league. I think they both play in LA in the Staples Center, and and I I do agree with the idea that neither team is built for the regular season uh, because of road management. So mm-hmm. it wouldn't shock me if these weren't the the top two seeds in the West. But uh, you know, when it comes down to it, crunch uh, crunch time come playoff time. You know, these are these are, these are the two best teams, man. You know, Kawhi Leonard, for my money, is the best player in the league right that's, now. That's big coming from you. you know, You're LeBron a LeBron James, guy. You, yo, we mentioned you mentioned uh, 
uh, LeBron's chemistry with with uh, Anthony Davis, and it's really remarkable because I agree. Like we've never we've never seen LeBron play with a big man like Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, Chris Bosh was a, a different kind of player with a different kind of role. But the two man game, the pick and roll with him and Anthony Davis is a thing of beauty. Yep. And uh, you know, I think the Lakers have some depth issues. I, I do agree with the. Uh, the, the fact that they're or the, the take that they're thin in the backcourt. Yeah. You know, I think they're uh, a piece or two away from really competing. I love the Clippers though, man. I think the Clippers they've got it all. I don't worry at all about their one loss record in the regular season. You rest Kawhi, you rest Paul George, you make sure they're fresh come playoff time. And I think they're the front runners for the chip, man. But I can't wait for these two teams to play in the postseason. I think it's coming. I think it's going to be fun. I won't lie. I can't wait for the regular season matchups. I'll say this. You know, Doc Rivers, I'm concerned about the X's and O's, but yeah. the Clippers sure remind me of them Celtics teams from the late 2000s. Like, I'm, And I'm not even talking about talent-wise. I'm talking about the dogs. Paul Pierce, KG, Rondo. Those are dogs. And you, and you look yeah. over. Pat Bev, Montrez. Low key, Kawhi's a dog. PG's not a dog. He's not a dog. But Kawhi's a dog. You know what I mean? This team, Lou Williams, a dog. <laughs> it's such a good fit for PG because he doesn't need to be the alpha. On right. Team, you know. I think that 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 kind of personality trait lends itself to deep playoff runs. But I just feel like the way the league is now, like the basketball, really matters. You know, the a little X's and little O's, and 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 the fact that styles make fights. You know. All matchups are not good matchups. So when a when a game slows down, will the Clippers have enough spacing? Is Paul George going to be okay watching? I feel like the, the the playing with Chase Brook was a great experience for him. But but how does it work in LA? Who knows? These are the questions. The Lakers, LeBron can't keep playing at this pace forever. That that is my issue. Like LeBron is great. Like you know, it's weird. I've, I've said, I keep saying it. it's so awkward <laughs> I love, for me. I love listening to you. You uh, give LeBron his props. I've always given sense. LeBron his props, but I'll kill him at the same time. Yeah, I'm still, it's still begrudgingly. I say it yeah, all but the time. Now it's on your team. You it know, makes now, me I, sick, I, Langston. Yeah, you're just. It makes me sick. I'll, I'll admit it. I don't yeah. want to cheer for him, but I have to. It, <laughs> and, <laughs> it is the weirdest thing. I love it. I love it. Like, I feel like his, this was his final troll to Kobe Nation. I'm going to come play for your team, and you're going to love me. Whether you want to or not, you know what I mean. But I just, I, but in all seriousness, it's like he can't keep playing at this level, at this usage rate. I 100 agree. They, they, yeah, this is not sustainable for him at this age. I don't know. Like even if you say you bring in an Iguodala or, or whatever you decide to do, like you need a, a true third option. To me, it's not Kyle Kuzma. I've never bought the Kyle Kuzma ticket. I've never been on the train. I've always been a Brandon Ingram guy. And I'm looking at it now, and I'm like, "Bi was sure kill because the you because he would ha- you couldn't do- you couldn't double Bi. He would be one on one every time he touched the ball, and he would get a bucket or he'd get fouled. And I'm just looking at the team like, "Damn, we could use him right now." KCP ain't it? Rondo ain't it? No, no. You know who's gonna be the third guy? These are the questions. I don't know, man. That's but what I'm B. like. I is, he's killing it in New Orleans. Oh man. yeah, he would he would be a great fit for this team just uh, because he's an extra ball handler. You know, he's a bug. He's a point forward type, and, and uh, you know, he would be a, a major help on the def- defensive end. Oh, so. yes. It kills me, Langston. It kills me. When that trade well, happened. I mean, they, needed, they needed to make that trade to get Anthony Davis. You got a gift Davis. to get. 
it's fair you're right you got to give to get but I, I can still be sick about it because I, I want a Lego championship. It's been six years since we made the playoffs, and it's been nine years since we won a championship. This yeah. is a long time for me. Yo, I, I remember you talking up Brandon Ingram well before he blossomed as a player. So. I saw it, bro. To watch him blossom is like, man, y'all was right. It makes me Number sick. Number two overall pick out of Duke. I fought with Laker fans. I, fought with, I fell out with Laker fans because of my belief in Brandon Ingram. Even in my belief in D'Angelo Russell. My belief in Lonzo Ball. Lonzo ain't proved me right yet. But but D'Lo and, and, and B.I. have proved me right. And I had fallout to people because I'm like, you got to be patient. But Laker fans don't know how yeah. to be patient. They, they just want to win. And, and, you know, I kind of enjoyed the, the, the rebuild. I kind of, you know what? Another confession. I was glad Kobe retired because it was like, now we could probably do this thing. And then, then for us to properly do it, get the pieces, then for LeBron to come through, crush the buildings, and get them all out of here, it's a little disappointing. It's a little deflating. But, you know, the Lakers are doing pretty good right now. So it's like, we're like I, got, I got to shut up. I got to eat it, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah they're, they're killing it, man. Hey, man, you know what? And, you know, we'll, we'll be brothers in arms in the playoffs for the first time in the history. <laughs> we'll be cheering for the same team. With my brother yeah, from the man. round table. Uh we got we're gonna bring episode fifty seven to a close right here. What I need for you to do as you've done in the past is let my listeners know where they can find you, where you can what, what you got going on and whatever's happening with Langston right now. Uh well the Rap Round Table episode what is it, twelve? What episode are we up to? When this episode drops, twelve will be on deck. Yeah, so that's uh uh December tenth or uh, December uh, the first the first Friday I always get the dates wrong whenever I plug the episode it's the first Friday in December Guys, so look out for that disregard Jarvis and myself <laughs> and our boys uh, Dini and Sincere shout to them uh, also the Thirsty Degenerate podcast is coming back I've teased it the last couple Rap Round Table episodes be on the lookout for that coming soon and uh, look out for me on social media it's only it's only this link to on Twitter uh, the Thirsty Degenerate Twitter on follow. Instagram Thanks for looking on Facebook and uh, checking me out there. Yo, Jav, man, you know I love coming on here, so thanks for giving me the call, man. You I, already I know. really appreciate it. You'll be back soon. You, you already know what it is. When I go to the bullpen, I'm going to tap the right hand. You're going to come running out like the closer you are. we make it happen. Mariano Rivera. I love you it. Know. Appreciate you for coming on, my brother. You already know, man. Yes, sir, we'll talk yes, soon. Sir. Yeah, you already know. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Langston Legazamo, one fourth of the Rat Round Table. Uh, episode 57 is in the books um you know we, we, we're bringing it to an end 2019 uh coming real soon we're gonna have the homie baylor and manuel brown two former guests of the gray area gonna come on we're gonna talk some lakers we're gonna give you a full laker episode there's been a lot a lot of twists and turns with this season and, and, and it's only right to have my laker brethren pull up with me and let's talk a little hoop argue a little bit because manny pisses me off <laughs> we'll make it happen you know what i mean and as the saying goes, whether you like it or don't like it, sit down and look at it because it's the best going today. Woo! Perfect.